What's going on, everybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I told you all last time that I was going to have my mentor and or someone I knew who had a barbecue business, but none of that fell through. But that's totally okay because I have a new guest scheduled for today. Someone I met online. I think he does really cool things. He's a hypnotist. Uh, mentalist. I think there are a lot of other titles that go that's associated with that. I'm a psych major, and I, I always believed in, you know, the power of the mind. So I'm totally geeking out when I saw this guy's content, and happy to just have a casual conversation with him and and learn what he does. So this is my guest today, Fred Lee. Thanks for joining us. If you could tell Thanks myself, yeah, and the listeners, uh, what do you do? Yeah, so I do entertainment. I also do motivational talks slash uh, presentations. And I also do therapy and also coaching. And that all kind of correlates to all the things I do. So to elaborate more on the entertainment side of things, corporate events, universities, grad nights. So I get booked to do those type of shows. And sometimes if a casino or some other venue wants me there, you know, I do a spot. And usually mm -hmm. they take care of all that. And you do that all yourself. It's not like you work for some company that books it all for you. Yeah. You've created this so, this business mm -hmm. all yourself. Well, it's not just me. I mean, even as a sole proprietor, it's not only you. It's all the connections that you make and the friends you make along the way. So right. me, a couple of people that help out every once in a while, yeah. Oh, so you also do shows, but you also do one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions too. Yeah, so I also do hypnotherapy, also some coaching, mm. and it depends on the client's needs. So it can be from getting rid of a bad habit to just being more confident, just getting rid of anxieties, and yep, basically anything, anything and everything. So yeah, that's a cool one too. Helping someone make their, you know, fix their habits, or if they have a bad habit, and how, you know, I got, uh, I'm a career counselor. I'm not a like a therapist, but I understand right. certain things like cognitive behavioral therapy which is finding out what someone's thought pattern is and then having like a physical way of changing it whenever that pattern comes into play right it sounds like with hypnotherapy how does that work how do you help someone well, like, get rid of a habit i'd say it's, uh, any effective uh, therapy out there but on steroids mm. because once once i work directly with the unconscious mind and if for those of you that are curious about the whole you know whole conscious, subconscious, and all that kind of stuff. I do go into a bit of detail in one of my YouTube videos, which breaks down that the human mind has three minds rather than two. Because uh, in the traditional psychology textbooks, it's a subconscious and conscious. Uh, but what I found is there's a, there's three levels. Anyways, I work directly with the unconscious mind. Yeah. And once I go into the unconscious mind, once I realize it's working and it's responding, then whatever suggestion I input, it automatically overrides anything else. So if the problem, let's say, might be subconscious, you can't really fix it on the conscious, and you only can do so much at a subconscious level because the conscious and subconscious are somewhat interchangeable. But with the unconscious, it's a guaranteed, absolute, you know, overriding that goes on there. Right. Wow. That's really cool. Could you do you mind? I know you said you have a video where you talk about the third consciousness level could you just tell me right. briefly what that third one is because i'm hooked now i want now i want to know i'm curious okay for sure so the third <laughs> so the mind is broken down into three parts the conscious okay. mind is what we're using now that's actually the lowest out of the three minds that i'm talking here so right it reminds me of the iceberg picture like the tip of the iceberg is the consciousness underneath right. the iceberg is the subconscious 
Right, but in this analogy, it's more of like a, uh, I guess, a pyramid or a reverse pyramid. Anyways, whichever analogy works, because you do break it down. The conscious mind is the lowest of the lowest, so that's the most easily influenced, because the next up is the subconscious mind. Mm. So the subconscious mind overrides the conscious. And in terms of what the conscious mind does in a nutshell, it allows us to judge things. It's where our beliefs come from. It's where identity stems from and personality. The subconscious is more emotional and imagination based. So, you know, at times when you're really angry or if you're really in love, you, you know, your your judgment gets clouded. So that's right, the subconscious. Right, right. Nice. And also like, uh, yeah, marketers and a lot of like big companies that are trying to target the subconscious um, because that's the most talked about in the field of psychology in general. Yeah. Awesome. So listeners, if you want to learn more, check out Fred's YouTube video on that. Going back into the work you do, how much of it is the shows compared to one-on-one? -on -one? So in terms of the one-on-one -on -one and the entertainment, it's kind of a it's kind of a mix, depends on the season. So during the summer, a lot of grad nights, so I do those. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, my, that was my first experience seeing a hypnotist was my grad night. Yeah. Right. So there's grad nights and then... Corporate events are kind of interspersed throughout the throughout the year, like you know, team building. Sometimes there's some, you know, some party of hitting a certain number of things, either sales or number of employees. Holiday events that's during December, so that's when that picks up. And then the one-on-ones kind of interspersed throughout as well. Oh, I see. So it depends on the time of the year is when you'll do more shows compared to one-on-ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's more. It's not necessarily more shows. It's more private events. So doing actual shows require you to either four-wall theater, or if you're lucky, you know, the venue owners, if they like you enough, they'll just let you use the space for free and right. know, you can work that way. Yeah. So what brought you to, to doing this? What made you want to become a hypnotist, a mentalist? I think that's another word for it, right? Mentalist? Uh, no. Uh, mentalism, I'll get to that in just a bit because okay. I'm going to kind of... Got it. Educate me, Fred. My journey Te here. Okay. So. <laughs> Teach me. I am a student. I'm here to learn. All right. Well, it's well. The title that I use is a mastermind because it encompasses all the things that I've done and learned so far. So I started off in high school, out of all things and out of all places. It's like, well, how'd you get into what you do? Well, it's not like I discovered a book or I, you know, had this kit when I was a kid. I was in high school. I was waiting for my laundry at a coin laundromat. Nearby was a dollar store, and I got into and I just loitered and found like a couple of trick decks, and I started learning magic first. So I got into magic, and then during that time period, I discovered hypnosis along the way. So I saw a YouTube video of a street hypnotist going out on the streets, knocking people out, and I'm like, oh, that's sick. I want to try that. So I, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, much self-taught yeah. in all of this stuff. So I learned wow, so I learned wow. to do this all on my own. Yep. And then from there, I expanded and went from there, and I thought, well, I like magic. I like this hypnosis stuff, but how do I mesh the two together? So that way, you know, that I can be more unique. And mentalism was my was the solution. So mentalism is basically like psychic demonstrations of you know, mind reading. You can move stuff with your mind. Um, Yuri Geller is predominantly well known for bending spoons. So mentalism is that little fine middle ground between magic and hypnosis. And huh. ever since, I've been doing mainly mentalism and hypnotism because that's what I mainly booked for. Right. That's crazy. You said that you self-taught did you have a mentor or something to to teach you no it's 
And the thing is, when I discovered people that could be really, that would have been really good mentors early on, it's just like, it's already, I'm already established. And then by the time I uh -huh. meet these people, really? <laughs> Where are these people? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I was an antisocial kid. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Could you tell me about your first, tell me about your first show. First, which show? Magic show? Uh, huh, or first man. show ever, right? First right. show ever? Or is it like, because I, I, there's all kinds of different shows. There's magic shows, mentalism shows, hypnosis shows. So yeah. which one? <laughs> which one do you think was most memorable? Uh, my gosh, they're all... I like I to know. ask people to tell me stories because I think stories are fascinating. So you right. could, I'll let you choose and you could ponder over it if you need to. Um, this one was a more recent one. This was last year in October. It was in Sacramento when I did a show with a couple of friends at the Delta King. So it was like a triple threat because they both did magic and illusions and stuff. So, you know, big boxes and whatnot. So that was cool. And I did my hypnosis and I was pretty much the gel that put it all together. So I was the MC for that whole event. And I'm pretty, and I've kind of threw up some of those clips every once in a while um, on my channel and also my promo videos. So that's on that boat. And man, that was a really, really fun. It was a really fun show. Initially, it was heck. I mean, like all shows, it's hectic and that kind of thing. The venue is a nice venue. It's a. It seems rather tight. Um, if you don't know what you're getting into, but it's a really, really good spot. And while I was there, we had, everyone had a ball. It's just making them. Just bodies were hitting the floor. Everyone, it's you know the videos. The videos themselves, I'd say, would do a better job of explaining why. But yeah, it was the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, career wise. Yeah. So that was the recent one. How about all right? How about the first one? First, let's stick to, let's do a hypnotist show. Do you remember your first, first show? Hypnosis show. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's first. Then I'm gonna break it down even more because I'm because I'm you know technical and whatnot. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> first casual. First casual, like you know, first time ever, or first paid show. Let's do. Let's do both. I'm interested to know both the casual right. and then the paid show. So first casual show, it was kind of like an open mic format. So I literally crashed an open mic um, at a library. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to just hypnotize some people and see how it goes. <laughs> so yeah. So I was there. I went there and got some people and I hypnotized them. And one of the things I made one of them do was I made him think that he was super. One guy think he was Superman. <laughs> so he said... He said all the things that supposedly Superman would say, but <laughs> obviously rather than saying he was from Krypton, he said like some other <laughs> random, it, it was, it was loads of fun. Um, and I, and I had like a kind of like a pen, there was this pencil case that's like shaped like a chipmunk. You know, I used that in the show. I was like, if you, this guy, this little guy can actually make you fall asleep. <laughs> just chugging at his face. <laughs> so, it was so that's, you just, you crashed a lot, a library. I, I wonder if the, if most of their open mics are people reading poems and reading books, all of a sudden you go up there, you're like, I'm going to hypnotize you. Yeah. So usually at these <laughs> the librarian's like, what the heck story, did yeah. you just do? What did you do to our patrons? <laughs> <laughs> well, this library, library is, is all about community and everything. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah. In general, open mics, um, aside from being a breeding ground for musicians, comedians, even, um, comedians are actually fairly recent in terms of what I noticed in open mics. So comedians, musicians, poets, maybe. Yeah, I think those are like the main ones. Oh, yeah, musicians, poets, that's what I'm – or comics. 
I usually see those. Right. Magic as I mentioned sometimes. Before. Yeah. Magic actually is kind of on the rise too. Okay. Uh, comedians were more comedians more so on the rise um, throughout what I've observed, and the magic's been more recent. Like some more some people are doing more magic, but mainly open mics have been my bread and butter just to hone my craft and to really figure things out. Wow. How much do you think you've done? How much open mics? Uh, about a hundred ish, maybe Ooh. more. <laughs> and that's what it takes, right? To really get good at something is putting your, yourself out there and doing it. I even think about myself and what I do, say like a career counseling session with a student after hundreds and hundreds of times and it's normal or making YouTube videos. The first YouTube video right. was horrible. And then eventually I got better. So it takes a lot of work. Hundreds and hundreds of open mic shows. Do you still get nervous when you have to put on a show? Um, like, well, if I'm four walling a theater and if I'm doing everything, then yeah, obviously <laughs> there's going to be some nervousness. Mainly the nerves is for like, okay, can I get butts in seats? Are people going to flake? Is the oh, weather going to be absolute crap? Because I mean... I've booked a theater before and the weather was absolute crap. I've, I've had too many fair share bad, <laughs> hey, bad times. Tell, tell, could theater. you tell me about like a disastrous show that didn't go well? Uh, you know what? I'm, you know, personally, I have really, really, really high standards. And whenever I look back at the video, because I, rec I record every show, and I'm like, holy crap, I actually saved the ship. Even though it's, <laughs> even though it's not up to my standards, it's you know everybody enjoyed it at least and they didn't walk away all mm, pissed off still so as long out, as everyone's yeah. happy yeah so let's talk about a uh, shitstorm one all right the right. so shitstorm one was when i first debuted my hypnosis show in redwood city and this is so i for wall of theater and everything and i believe it was in um uh, it was in march yeah it was in march and i actually went halvesies with a magician friend now the magician friend took the earlier time slot because he's family friendly. So, you know, kids and adults, easy to pack a show with, you know, if there's a bunch of kids and if your material works that way. And then I take the later slot because my show is 18 plus because anything goes in my show. Which <laughs> <laughs> right. So yours is a, a, for adults only. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if adults manage to sneak their kids in, well, I'm not responsible for whatever, you know, subject comes up during the car ride back, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyways back to that okay so it was actually really rainy that day so it was really rainy and i was worried that people wouldn't show up not only that the after when the magician friend finished he left the mess so there was like coke spilled on the stage confetti and crap everywhere and you're like dude come on you should clean up after your performance right so it's little to no staff basically so i pretty much one man i ran i cleaned the whole thing ran to grab paper towels which the restroom's like you know <laughs> a good several feet or so it's in a weird spot it's like a labyrinth almost anyway there there clean that up i started the show and you know obviously people could tell i was rushed um but right they could see yeah you. they could see you on stage cleaning up the coke on the floor and everything Oh, no, no, no. It was, yeah, I, I cleaned all that up before people came on stage, but it, I had to push my start time a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that wasn't fun. It's, it's never, all. never fun to be rushed to, to do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the end, the show worked out fine. 
yeah, it worked out, and I had some footage that was usable, and it was good. Yeah, good times. Uh, I mentioned so I said you you gave me an example or story of your first casual show. All right, the first mm -hmm. paid show. How was that? First paid show. So first paid show was during my year at UC Santa Cruz. I was a freshman, and I was booked to do a show as a freshman doing a hypnosis show um, on campus, which was great. It was super convenient, too, because at the time I was living at the dorms, so yeah, it all worked yeah. out. And that was a very, very fun show. Um, I'd say throughout my career, I'd say it's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. One of my favorite shows because that was like the year Gangnam Style became popular. So oh, yeah, so you made them all do Gangnam Style. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And that show was and that show was a fun show, especially for me. Aside from you know, really having really just going to town, um, it really allowed me to just mix the mediums of magic and hypnosis and just see what formula works out. And yeah, fun. Whenever I go to a hypnosis show, the best part is always when someone starts dancing. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be more to it. So in my, whenever I come up with a show, I'm like, okay, what else can I make people do aside from dance that I know will be equally, if not more, entertaining? Right. So, <laughs> what What is yeah. something that you had people do that is usually off the charts? The crowd loves it. Like, uh, things for them. I mean, let's see. Gender bent uh, supermodels. That's something that I do. <laughs> So all the guys on stage are super hot female supermodels. All the uh -huh. women are super buff guys. You know that <laughs> dynamic. Is fine. So how does it? Uh, yeah. How does it? How does it work? Like how do you? If someone wants to be do what you do, what would you tell them? And like how does it all work? Okay, so to break it down, there's several questions that are going on in that statement, and that is how does one go about learning this? And then how does it actually work on a technical standpoint? So to learn, I would strongly recommend learning from someone that really knows their stuff. And I do offer courses and I've had some people take the workshop in person with me. So all oh, my sweet. workshops are in person sweet. So and I go into full detail too. and everything. Oh, nice. Yep. And then how it works, so I'm going to break it down. It utilizes the three minds that I was talking about, conscious, subconscious, and then the unconscious. And the unconscious mind is the top of all of the three. So it, so whatever the unconscious mind demands, it overrides everything else. Which is why whenever I work with people, people are like, oh, you can't hypnotize me because I don't believe in it. And boy, are they wrong. When I really dug into this and really found the unconscious mind and how it, how it actually does crazy things. Um, it also explains another phenomenon known as waking hypnosis, which is creating or causing hypnotic phenomena without actually having them like with their eyes closed, bodies collapsed or anything. Oh. And that's some of the stuff that you actually see in my videos of waking hypnosis. Now, there are some examples of waking hypnosis where I just make people forget stuff right off the bat. And I think that's my recent video that came out. Right, when you made someone forget their name. <clears throat> yeah, so that's waking hypnosis. Okay. So that's an example of that. <clears throat> and this, and again, so waking hypnosis and all the other and the genuine hypnotic phenomena when people start to feel that they can't control their actions that's the unconscious mind doing its work uh, okay yeah and if someone how long do you think it would take for someone to be able to do something uh, like what do you think is the easiest thing someone could do if they're starting off let's see what they can do when they're starting off I mean 
to be honest, just a couple like barbet kind of tricks that resemble it. That's really about it. Yeah. Um, but it's I'd say it ultimately depends on the person as well because there's a lot that goes on behind hypnosis and how it works, and it's just a matter of figuring out okay, this is the this is the type of person you are. This is how you this is how your behavior is. This is how your behavior affects other people, and this is and this and from all those pieces of information, I can determine all right. This is the angle of attack for you to use to be able to tap into their unconscious mind. Mm. Do you feel so it's all a person-by-person -person case. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have like not much idea of how the technique works, and I assume it's a lot of years of training for it. But, yeah, if someone were to learn how to do it, it sounds like they should study up on something, find someone who does it really well and learn from there. Was there like a go-to book you first went to? Now, I look now I invested in books a little bit later cuz I was like, "Ah, let's see what the let's see what the material sources say, right?" Yeah. So I look so the first book that I the first and only book on hypnosis I got was uh Orman McGill's uh, book uh, I think it was a book on professional stage hypnotism. I think that was it. Mm -hmm. And from there I just kind of looked at it, skimmed through it and I'm like, oh, "I'm already more or less doing that stuff, if not more better. And at this point, I realize most of these things are most techniques taught are really outdated. Uh, and interesting. Okay. What I've discovered is that I've really stood out from other hypnotists. Um, not to toot my own horn or say you know I'm better than the competition, but let's face it, these are the facts. The traditional hypnotist, like you've probably seen at your grad night, would right. do something along the lines of, "All right, class, sit down. I'm gonna bore you to sleep." And uh, hope to God that some of you actually believe that this works. Oh, so okay. The yeah. traditional we spent method, a lot of time in the very beginning, kind of like closing our eyes, meditating, getting into a sort of, I guess, drowsy right. state. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the so that's meditation and guided meditation. That's not hypnosis. Mm. I don't care what the person says. If they do okay. that, it's not hypnosis. Period. Now. It all, in, the, in, the, in those scenarios as well, in the board of sleep guided meditation type of things, if you find the if you find what they call the gems, these are people that actually believe that it's happening. Or there's there's two cases. There's people that believe that's actually happening, or their unconscious mind actually takes over, which is really really rare. With the board of sleep method, the unconscious mind taking over doesn't quite happen often. But anyways. The border sleep method, that's how that works. And most of the time, people walk away saying, oh, you know, I felt like I was guided through. So that's not hypnosis. Everybody knows in social media or anywhere else, people, when they think of hypnosis, it's like, I was doing stuff that I can't do, that I never thought I would do. And I was doing things against my will. So that to really, deter to really separate what's real hypnosis and what's not, the unconscious mind is the biggest factor. And if the hypnotist can successfully tap into the unconscious mind of, I'd say, I'd say 70, 80%. I mean, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'm, I'd say uh -huh. that's passing. <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. 70, 80% of people that come up, then, you know. Right. So are these, there are these different forms of hypnotism, guided meditation, but those are also, those are two, those are really two different things. Yeah, so hypnosis and guided meditation are vastly different. I see. To a lay person, it seems the same because the end result is they're both knocked out. Right. But right. the end but 
the end end result after when they come out of it and how to explain it, that's going to be the real determining factor of whether or not this person really was hypnotized or just playing along. Okay. That's what I mean by pity party is people just playing along because they don't want to make the, the idiot on stage look bad. Right. right. Yeah, I think I saw, I see that. Like sometimes we'll go to Discovery Kingdom, Marine World. Uh, Fred? Yep. Oh, yeah, just checking. I know the signal glitched a little bit. Yeah, we'd go to mm -hmm. like uh, the theme park and there would be a hypnotist. And there are some people who are really not, I wouldn't say, uh, not in control of it. Mm hmm. Or not, and not as much as in, as much in control of it. And then there are some who are, who are doing the pity party thing. They're they're sort of doing it because they don't want to make the person feel bad, or they don't want to. They're they're kind of stuck and conformed to following along with the rest right. of it. Yeah. So yeah, in this case, those are victims of what I like to call psychological bullying. That's <laughs> <what> that <laughs> so psychological bullying, you it uses uh, social. In this case, it's social peer pressure that's applied. Right. Mm. So whenever it, you see the yeah, whenever yeah. you see the traditional guys do it, that's what's going on. Yeah, but everyone can be hypnotized, whether they yep. believe in it or not, or super super skeptical about it or not. Oh, skeptics are so fun. Yeah, <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about that. Tell me about the people who don't believe it's real. Oh man, once once they start doing waking hypnosis demonstrations, they flip. And I, <laughs> either I choose I choose to be the nice guy of so. Do you want to go further? Or I don't give them a choice. I don't say, hey, let's take this up a notch. Boom. Uh -huh. <laughs> Knock them out and have fun that way. Is, um, is it, but yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, you can finish your thought on what, what do you say to people who don't think it's real? Right. You know, I just say, well, it does, well, why don't you just try it out for yourself? Because yeah. with hypnosis, it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. And I kind of explained what I kind of explained the little three mindsets and how uh -huh. it more or less works. So that way they can kind of know. So at least I can educate them properly and they walk away with something rather than be like, this guy just mind raped me, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So so for you guys, listeners who don't believe it's real, check out Fred's show and see for yourself. Now, you did bring up people that can't be hypnotized and here's what I have found. Now, in order for all these minds, all these minds are all connected and they all work because... Of our, phys of, our, of our brain. I'm not sure exactly where the conscious mind is, where the subconscious, where the unconscious mind is in parts of our brain. But as long as our neurons are there and if, as long as it taps into all of those resources, then it works. Oh, I see. So those that have, those who were born with either a mental disillness, uh, usually it's caused by a distortion in the neurons or the connections. So those on the spectrum it's like a weird case and it's a case by case scenario. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Sociopaths and psychopaths. No, not at all. Cause a lot of the receptors have been cut off and obviously mm -hmm. from their actions mm -hmm. of screwing people over, or, you know, maybe dead. Right. right. Yeah. You get, you get, <laughs> so, so, so if you have a sociopath who's like, ah, oh, we need to change your habits. Darn. Because of your neurons, we can't use hypnotherapy on you. And the thing is sociopaths don't have remorse anyway. So they mm -hmm. wouldn't even, bother seeking help yeah. they just want to pretend to be helped to screw people over to that's a that. different topic entirely. <laughs> i thought we were going on a tangent on that right mm -hmm. and no. <laughs> yeah letting listeners know i am a, a total geek on this subject so it was easy for me to go on a tangent but we'll keep things short and make sure uh we don't go too far into that okay for let sure me, yeah let me just wrap up and tell the listeners you do have a show it's on April yep. 24th. Could you tell us about that? 
So this is on April 24th. It's a Tuesday night. If you're in the Bay Area, it's in Sunnyvale. The venue is called Rooster Tea Feathers. And it's a collaborative show. So a buddy of mine rented the theater and said, hey, why don't you do a bit with me? I'm like, okay, sure. So it's going to be magicians, comedians, and me. And I'll be doing like a mix of magic and hypnosis. So magic is it's all, it's all going to be a hybrid in this particular case. But yeah, definitely check me out. Uh, it's April 24th, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale. And you can go to roosterteafeathers.com and go into the calendar section to find uh, the exact date and buy tickets there. Or to make life easier, I have pre-linked everything on my website, which is fredleeminds.com. So Fred as in F-R-E-D-L-E-E, -E, like as in Bruce Lee, mind as in the mind, mm -hmm. .com. <laughs> great, great. Well, I'm going to wrap things up. Thanks so much, Fred, for sharing your story, a little bit about how the mind works, how hypnosis works. Yeah, for sure. I look, I look forward to staying in touch. Sounds good, John. Thanks for having me. All right. So guests, or not guests, listeners, thanks so much for listening today. Next, My next guest uh, on Wednesday is a cartoonist and a writer. His name is, let me pull it up real quick, just I want to make sure I don't pronounce the last name wrong. His name is Alex Schumacher. And Alex, if you're listening, I'm totally sorry if I botched that. But I will be interviewing him, talking to him on Wednesday. That will be my next guest. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed listening. Hopefully you didn't get too mind blown by hearing this. And if you're a skeptic, check out Fred's page. Check out his show. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Take care.